now listening to, to, to the Current Affair Podcast with your host, Dr. D'Angelo Taylor. This is the second episode of The Current Affair. Uh, my name is Dr. D'Angelo Taylor, and my guest today is Dr. Marjorie Placide. How are you doing, Dr. Placide? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So this is going to be the first episode that we actually put up on YouTube so people can see us. Uh, okay. So let the viewers and the listeners know a little bit about yourself. I'm from Houston, Texas. All right. Born and raised. Graduated from Texas Southern University with a bachelor's in biology, medical technology. Okay. And I worked in, worked in the lab uh, for a couple of years till I started my young uh, life of energy and just blind ambition. Uh, moved to San Francisco for a couple of years, but didn't work in the lab and did an array of other jobs okay. uh, while I was living in San Francisco. And in 1989, in October, the earthquake took place and I needed to go somewhere else and I didn't want to go back home to Houston. So <laughs> in short, I ended up in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, leaving, uh, in, getting there in, in the middle of January, which you don't do uh, because... <laughs> You just don't. So, you know, once again, some real blind ambition, probably stupidity. But in any case, um, settled into Minnesota, uh, was thinking, you know what, I'm going to give this probably about a year or two. And I've been here for 30 years, uh, worked in worked in the laboratory again, uh, went back to school, got my master's in public administration and then followed up with getting a doctorate in, the, in public administration and started teaching and been to a 360 degree uh, turn altogether, shall we say, and mm. started teaching in public administration and political science. And with that, ended up at Western Illinois University, where I've been for 12 years. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I remember meeting you uh, when you when you first got there. Uh at WIU, that, that's telling my age a little bit. And I, I recall uh, there was something that you would put <laughs> in your syllabus. And this, this will lead into my next question. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't give advice to uh, educators. And you, you put something in your syllabus uh, that said, unpack the lip. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so you know, for, for first time educators, how, how you know, we're used to, and I say we because you know I yeah. taught one of my first classes here at the uh, at the university this year. Right. So how do you come out the gate? Because you know Macomb, where uh, where Western is, is is really big on that chewing tobacco. So well, you know, and I didn't know it, and I came out <laughs> the gate. You're right. I came out the gate like, look, I'm not about to do this. Uh, yeah, I had taught at at uh, University of, of Wisconsin River Falls okay. didn't have that problem. Mm. They didn't have that problem. Uh, and it was around the time right before we, the invasion of Iraq. Right. So students who were in the reserves who were thinking that they would never be called up were called up. 
Right. It changed the whole dynamic. Well, by the time I got to Western, and so these young men and women are coming back on after they've done their tour of duty, coming back on campus to, to get their education. And I'm noticing in the back, it's very quiet, but in the back, <laughs> and I'm looking and I see this, you know, these cups and, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, you can drink, but they're actually, they were spitting in the cup. <laughs> and what the, what? <laughs> and at first I was having a problem with it because I'm like, that's nasty. Right. And I don't want that in my class. And then it just so happens that the H1N1 mm. broke out. Right. Okay, virus. So I use that as a tool to say, oh, no, you can't come in here. That's smoking, too, because to me, that's smoking. And we're not right. supposed to have any smoking <laughs> in the building of any type. Right. And I just said, look, you need to unpack the lift or you need to get the type of, of snuff or whatever that you can swallow. <laughs> But you cannot come in here. And I said, it's it's a health risk because you know, because of the H1N1. And, and there was a change in how things happened right. during that time, too, because we had to, you know, the faculty had to we had to loosen our you know, requirements for teaching during that time. Right. Um, but I was like, you can't come in here like that. And it's been there ever since. So, so, ever since. so let, let, let's stay on there because you talk about H1N1. As you know, we're going through a global pandemic now. Mm-hmm. What would be some of your advice? I, I guess it's a two part question for folks who are trying to uh, get into the, the academy, both new folks who are trying to get in, but current uh, members of the academy and how they approach uh, students during this pandemic. Well, yeah, that's a real two for question. The mm. first one, when you talk about getting into the academy, getting into right. teaching and higher education, um, I go back to the fox and the lion as far as Machiavelli. Okay. And, and that is be careful of, uh, you know, you have to have the fox. Fox will get you out of out of uh, holes and, and knows where all of the landmines are. But the, the lion will be there to protect you. And you have to, you, you have to know uh, really when to say no mm. to things and be okay with it. Right. Uh, and, but if you do go into something, you need to be prepared or come up with an idea. You need to be prepared to move forward because they're going to go, oh, well, you came up with that. Well, then you should go with it. Okay, you should do it. So then you need to move forward with it, especially if it's something you, you feel passionate about. Right. Um, and if you feel the passion of wanting to teach young generation of students who have graduated from high school, coming into a new uh, environment of higher education, right? and it's a passion for you, then do it. If it's something there, and my fundamental thought is, if it's something that you know you could get up and do and wake up in the morning every day and say, I could do it for free, then that is your, that's where you should be. But don't get it twisted. You do want to get paid. <laughs> you got to pay bills. Right. <laughs> there will be times when um, you feel tired from it. And then something happens, a student will 
call you or come into your office or send you something, a, a letter or whatever, and it will renew you. That's when you know that's what you need to do. When you think that, man, I'm tired of this, I don't want to do this anymore, and then all of a sudden a student will come to you, it renews you. And you do that for me all the time. Right. When, when, when I talk to you, um, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I know I'm, I, I'm doing the right thing. Well, you, you know, you got me, you got me through. Uh, yeah. and, and I talk about you to, uh, with a lot of folks because it, it was not just during my undergraduate period, because I, I took some of your undergrad courses uh, as well. But when I got to my graduate program, you were one of the folks that basically sat me down and you were honest with me about my, my deficiency at that point in writing. And yeah. so you continuously pushed me to become a better writer. And that thing. Oh, and you are like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. You know, like I said, it's like it's like a a, a musical instrument. Right. Uh, if you keep practicing at it, you will do well. I mean, in you know, I've seen. I'm not a good writer. Right. I can tell you that right now. Okay. But I practice at it, and I keep working at it. And um, I'm glad they have Grammarly now because that's, that's oh, yeah. if you don't know if you have yeah. Grammarly. Yeah, I got I got the I got the premium. <laughs> I got the premium. <laughs> the more you keep writing, the better you will get. And right. and if you speak it, you know, I always say, well, you know, when you if you're playing a trumpet and you know you, you just did something bad, you hear it. But when we write, we don't read it out loud and we don't hear it. But when right. you read it out loud and you say, Ooh, that, I don't know how I feel about that. Let me, you know, then you rewrite again. So um it's just, it's just a process and you know, we're fearful of that. I've, many of students that I've come come across, uh, I will. There, it's it's not that they can't. They're fearful. They don't know if they have what it takes. And all of it, it is is like certain steps. So what I used to do, or what I still do, is I will uh, give them a set of questions, and if you can take those questions and write. Few paragraphs for each of that you've written a paper, right? It's it's just as simple as that. So having that outline and having those levels of those questions that you want to ask, and then you answer them, then that that is how you can you can you can do it. But it, it you think you think uh, uh, some of the greatest writers in our century. Uh, just did it off the cuff, just in a whim. No, they right. had to write. They and you know, I'm, I'm quite frankly, when you do get into higher education, you should have an editor. Right. <laughs> you should right. have an editor. <laughs> that's how they do it. That you know, that's the secret. I'm, 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 I'm revealing. It's just true. No one does it like, oh God, you know, they put out this journal article and this, you know, how did they do that? Well, you know, they had help. Right. You know, but you know, people don't want to tell you that. They want to. Uh, you know, look at it as though they're they're super. They have superpowers, but they don't. So, so um, that so, so that's some great advice uh, yeah. from from a seasoned uh, professor in, in the yeah. game. So, you know, for those seasoned professors, how how do they adjust now? Because uh, for the most part, I mean, we've never dealt with anything to this magnitude. Uh, um, we haven't. We've right. never seen anything. I've never seen anything like this in my in over my twenty years of teaching. Um, and I'm scared too. Um, I actually shifted my teaching 
after we were told that we had to go online. And I said, we're going to, you know, all of my classes, we're going to focus on COVID. This is a perfect uh, example of, <laughs> of American politics and government. You had federalism. We've seen federalism live. We've seen the presidency live and how right. it functions, public administration and how it is supposed to operate. And I'm like, I don't have to show you anything. I don't have to. We're not going to use the textbook. I'm going to go by. Right. And all of my classes, I said, I, I, I threw out, I don't care about you giving me a synopsis of the Electoral College for your final paper. I want to know how has COVID-19 impacted your life? Right. And some of the stories that I read, there were times I just had to take a break because it's like, mm. wow, you know, uh, you know, Western, we have, we have our students who come from Chicago. Right. And the stories, my mother lost her job. I have to start with, uh, to help. my mother got COVID and my father got COVID. Mm. I have to work. Um, I have to go back home to my mother, my father, uh, my two sisters and three nephews. Uh, how do you, how do you, you know, how does a, how does a student go back to that and is, and, and is expected to deal with schoolwork that's right. online? Uh, it's difficult, very difficult. And there's depression. There's students who lost jobs and are struggling financially. Um, and then, then you have the students who are like, well, you know, my dad built me, uh, uh, put a, a, a weight, uh, put weights in the garage. And so that's how I work out. So you can kind of tell the difference in class. Right. Of how they are affected by it. There's some who say, you know, well, it's not really anything for me to worry about. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what, <laughs> that's what you feel. So, okay. But Right. The majority of them were, and they're angry. They're, you know, the students were, were very angry because all of a sudden their life has been switched because it's not just about the academics when you go to college, particularly when you're doing face-to-face -face courses. It's right. about the social aspect as well. And they, they, they blend together and they play a, a big role. And when they don't have it, it can it can sink you a sink a student. I mean, can you can you imagine doing math uh, online? Yeah. You know, if you're not a math student yeah. or math major, <laughs> right? You know, you probably this probably isn't an issue. But for a student from Chicago who may be struggling with right. writing and with 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 math, and that would be difficult. And as particularly if you have uh, a uh, a faculty member who may not be um, as learned in the field of online teaching. Right. So I just, for just as far as my curriculum, I made it simple because I had to take into it into uh, 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 consideration when I left 
Western for spring break, you thought I was going to take all my textbooks with me? Well, <laughs> what, what, what would make me think that my students would do the same thing? Right. Um, so I had to, I had to kind of put the brakes on and say, okay, here are the things that are available to you online that you can go in and get. So we went to basic definitions. Here are the definitions that I want you to define. Here are the things that we have talked about um, and that are posted on my on, on PowerPoints. So go to that and do the work. And they did. They actually right. did the work. Um, but I did take into consideration there were some students who couldn't do it because they weren't in a position. They weren't somewhere where they could. Right. You know? So. And, and so you talked about how you weaved COVID-19 into this course. Can you, you, you tell the listeners how uh, you decide to use current events or what current events do you decide to use in your course? Because I know when I was taking your class, uh, your classes back in the day, that mm-hmm. we we would always talk about, you know, we would weave whatever we're talking about, whether it's Luther Gulick, Max Weber, whoever, we would always weave that back into what was going on Ooh. in present day. Oh my goodness! Um, I, right now, I just say that what we do in is the prints. As far as if we were to look at government in general, the prints right. and all of that that's happening there. But the piece of federalism played a large role, uh, and I was able to weave in. I had Tuesday chats with my uh, intro class, and so I would bring up a question. You know, I you know as far as what the governors are doing and the differences in how they are reacting to the positive uh, cases of COVID and what they're doing in order to, to try to keep people safe. So like if it meant shutting down everything, shutting down uh, uh, restaurants, places where we would congregate and there's no social distancing. Uh, so I would kind of weave those pieces in into into the conversation for, I had uh, uh, African American studies on race and ethnicity mm-hmm. and, and and politics. And right. so we just, they just went with it because, you know, most things they was, uh, you know, what was happening with African, the, the, the number of African Americans who were actually positive and who were dying right. from uh, COVID-19, from the hotspots in New York and in Chicago, Florida, um, we, you know, so they they actually picked the ball up and started running with it, right? Um, because you have frontline, you have you have the frontline people, the people who actually serve the food. Well, who are they? They're Latino and Black. Mm. Uh, so they're the ones who would, would be at the forefront of, of of probably you know being exposed to some form of COVID nineteen. Or they might be in the medical profession. They're right. on the front lines. Now we're starting to see it in the meatpacking industry. Who do right. they? Who's hired in those in those areas? You have people of color who are in those areas, and that's where you would find where the higher number and percentage of people who would, who probably have been exposed to it and can't really do anything about it because they have to they have to work. Exactly. It really, and and that is that to me is the first is, I think the painful part for me is that there are people who have lost everything, because they've lost their job, uh, and they have children to feed, 
Right. And how do you feed them? I mean, what do you do? And and you have a uh, an invisible. I don't want to say alien might be too strong a word, but <laughs> we have this invisible virus that we cannot see. We don't know where it's coming from. We still don't have uh, uh, really a solid understanding of what it can do. And it's probably mutated, maybe. Yeah, I was reading that the other day. They said mm-hmm. that it's, it's starting to mutate to a point where it's uh, becoming more contagious. So yes. I'll let you continue. Yeah. No, no problem. And and so we don't have we don't have a vaccine for it. You don't know where it's coming from. So then it 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 does change the way we respond as humans uh, and from other people uh, from, you know, to society and, and how we are trying to survive in this world. Um right. I, re- I just remember I had made a joke to a couple of friends of mine when it was coming. And this was right, you know, this is, I always say there's the, the pre-COVID and then there's the, you know, not post-COVID, but we're in the present right now of it. Right. Or right before it hit. And I just out of out of the blue, I just said, oh, wow, is this really going to happen? And I said, well, let me go to the store and get some toilet paper. I was just kidding. I All swear right. to you, I was just <laughs> kidding. And I said, well, let me go to that. I need to go get some toilet paper. And we were just laughing about it. You know, so, oh, well, don't, you know, don't forget you got to go to the liquor store. And I said, oh, yeah, that's real important. You know, <laughs> and so, and I actually, well, I, I hadn't gone to the liquor store, but I just happened to go to the store and I'm looking and I'm going, people were actually getting toilet paper. Right. And I was like, for real? I said, well, let me pack it up too. I, <laughs> but I really, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I was saying it as a joke, and I'm like, oh. And then I think a week or two later, I went back to the store and I saw, well, I went to Trader Joe's, as a matter of fact. All right. And the entire, uh, the where the processed foods, you know, frozen fruit foods mm-hmm. are and everything, that entire aisle. There was no food. Wow. Nothing. Um, I went to Aldi's and meat. Hardly anything there. And I stood there and I said, this shit is real. This right. shit is real. This is something I've, I have not in my lifetime experienced. And I don't know what my students are, are going through. Either. Right. You know, so. I always find that it's important to really have current events in the mix when it comes to teaching. Because, yeah. you know, it's it's boring. <laughs> it's boring. If, it is. It's, did I tell you the story about the first time when I did uh, on, on 9-11? No, I didn't, no, you didn't tell me that one. So, and this really changed the, the dynamic, the way in which I, I was to teach. 9-11... Um, I had my, you know, routine. I'd listen to NPR while I'm on way. I had an eight o'clock class. I know it's hard to believe, but yes, I had yeah. an eight o'clock class. Wow. <laughs> listen to NPR that morning. Got, to, it must've been about, uh, maybe 7.45, got out of the car, prepared for my class, went to my class and I had, we were moving into federalism. <clears throat> and I had written notes 
that was the boringest lecture I'd ever given in my life. Students were falling asleep. And this is why, you know, when you really time yourself, because I had a beeper and my beeper was going off. And it was my mother, and I didn't, you know, realize, you know, and I said, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'll call her back later or whatever. I didn't have a phone battery. And I even had the students to stand up and stretch. In that minute, in that time, from 8 o'clock to 9.15, we did not know what had happened. We didn't wow. know. So after class is over, and I'm I'm thinking, man, that was, ooh, that was bad. That really was bad. So I walk across the hall to uh, uh, the cohort cohort of mine, because I was still in in school getting my doctorate. And he he was head of admissions. And I walked in, and I looked at her, looked at his um, uh, secretary, and I, I said, well, what's going on? I thought something had happened to him. And she said, we're under attack. I said, what are you talking about? Mm me what happened and I was like what did you just say right <laughs> and and so I immediately went back to my office I went to into the faculty lounge and within maybe 10 minutes after I was there the last tower mm. and I knew then I was like oh I'm not doing I'm I mean it's like this is this is generational changing for um these students Mm. And I just told myself, I'm not going to do what I did again and chose to say, we need, I need to have more current events. We need to, I need to see or hear what it is that, what are they feeling? Okay. Right. Where are you in this whole case when it comes to political, you know, politics? And ever since then, I'm like, no, I, I'm going to go at this in a different way. And so I've always put in some form of current events, um, you know, because how else are you going to learn? And the generations are changing as well. Um, When I always say this, you know, when I was growing up, we had maybe six channels, black and white. Uh Now, and we didn't have a choice. I mean, you saw the channels, you looked at, you saw whatever program was on there and you dealt with it. Um, today, y'all don't even look at television. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, right. well, let me, let me say this. The generation, they don't really look at, at television. There are other avenues and mediums for them to be able to get what they want. Right. And it's hundreds of channels. And it's not a choice. It is a choice. And right. politics is not one of them. Watching the news is not one of them. Right. You know? um, so I have to, when, so now when I get these looks in class, like I'm just here because it's a gen ed class and I don't really want to be here kind of, kind of attitude. So then I've decided to say, okay, so tell me where, what's important to you. Right. And they will say, I saw you heard Kim Kardashian's name. I said, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what do you look at? Uh, Not not a lot of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, 
Right. Snapchat's the thing. I used to call it Snapchat. <laughs> oh, Snapchat. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I still haven't figured. I'm, I have it. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not using that. I, I had a mishap back in the day. I'm not. I'm oh, okay. Not <laughs> <laughs> but but I've seen where it's expanded itself now. Okay. Right. Um, but or Instagram, the YouTube uh, mm-hmm. are places where I always call it YouTubing. <laughs> right. Or whatever, but. So I'm like, well, I need to find where they're, what's the source for them? And how can I bring them back and say, well, here's some things you need to look at. Okay. Right. You need to look at, okay, like if we're going to look at the news, why would I want to watch the news? Well, you might, might be something there of interest to you. If, you know, say if you just take maybe five minutes out of your time and just have it on your, your, on your smartphone, and just let it it'll look let it look at it that's more important that's that's something that's really important you know um instead of not at all so uh that's that's sort of the the, the way that i kind of bring uh current events in things that are really important to them right um if i'm like well if you don't like the food on campus and it's, the cost is too high, what are you going to do about it? You know, wow. you have tools to be able to speak out and say, I don't like this and there needs to be a change. So putting it in that respect, of, right. okay, let's start here. Like what immediately uh, impacts you? If, and, and that's the thing. If it doesn't affect them, they don't care. Mm. You know, um, so... So, I, but I think right now things are starting to change because this stuff is starting to affect. So uh, I, I like that point when you talk about if, if it affects folks. So I, I received a, a few text messages. That's a few, a good amount about what's going on down in Georgia uh, now mm-hmm. with a young man. And so uh, ironically, some of my students who received that text were also, you know, profiled at, mm-hmm. at, at a Kroger. So, you know, how do you, uh, work with these type of current events, but also creating, I guess, a, a a path or pathway for students to kind of get just not only the the theoretical knowledge and how you would apply it to the situation, but also the practical knowledge or uh, being able to take a situation like what's happening uh, down in Georgia uh, with the young man who was shot and killed or the young man who was shot and killed in Indianapolis and being able to contextualize that so that they leave with a better understanding of how to effect change, like you talked about. Well, we, you know, we look at uh, civil civil liberties and civil rights, right? And talking about the legal equality, the uh, quality of condition and equality of aid, condition of aid that we have in this country, and then asking, do we really have legal equality? Mm. And I'll ask that: Do we really have legal equality? No, we don't. Why do we not have it? Okay. And then those are the types of things that come up. Or if they don't, then I'll go, well, what about, um, let's look at gun control. Right. Let's look at AR-15s. Can you actually walk down the street with an AR-15? And it's quiet because... It's particularly with a mixed group, <laughs> you know, they're like, okay, who's going to say what? Right. You know, they're looking at each other. 
But I'm going to ask the question, can you walk down with an AR-15 or a gun? You know, uh, Ohio is open carry. Mm. Uh, Tamar Rice had a play gun and was shot and killed uh, without question, right? without hesitation, uh, and was just playing. So I bring those questions up when, when we're looking at it and saying, now, how can we deal with issues of racial profile? You know, and even go into the definition, you know, profiling, that's law enforcement. When looking at it and investigating, they're supposed to profile. Mm. Okay. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong, that it's right or wrong, but how it's used. Right. If we're investigating and it's, and it's the FBI uh, who is looking for a serial killer, they're going to put some form of a profile together on based on the evidence that they have. Okay. That's a profile. But if off the cuff you have a new, newly um, uh, graduated uh, man or woman from law enforcement uh, who has some suspicions of themselves uh, mm. within their character, then that type of profiling is really incompetent and cause for uh, a questioning, really, the police department or the law enforcement uh, department that they come from and how they are trained. Mm. So I go into, you know, we have equality of, uh, you know, of condition of, of, the, of opportunity. We can all succeed and fail and start over again and do it as many times as necessary. But that's not really, easy. it doesn't, not for everybody. Right. And then we argue about condition of aid that here in this country that we are uh, we are given uh, or um, the the right to have or to be to bestowed upon us a level of comfort that the government will help us even when we're down and out, and that is also debated, and that's not equal either. So those are the types of things where I can I'll bring in current uh, current events and and look at uh, definitely for racial profiling I'll bring it up mm. you know um, uh, and and but I, I I have to admit at this last semester I was I was it, it's starting to emotionally get to me and I had to, I had to back off sometimes. Um, you know, because I don't want to jump on students and, you know, make them think they're the problem, but they're not. It's just the situation in general when seeing these types of things happening, um, it, it gets to me, you know. Uh, you know, to to see uh, Ahmad Aubrey being killed, I, like I said, I, I can't look at it. It's, it's painful for me. Right. You know. And so, uh, as always, we, we, we're coming to the end of the podcast. A couple of things I'm going to hey. do right now. I okay. want you to let folks know how can they find you on uh, social <laughs> okay. media, uh, if you oh. want them to find you. Oh, and then, okay. uh, you know, and then I'll, I'll give a little, a little story after this, but uh, how can folks find you on social media? 
uh, social media, uh, Facebook, Marcherie Placide. Uh, if you put my name in, uh, I, I should come up. Uh, let me see. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> I have all these. I'm, okay. Um, Instagram. I am. My handle is Red Goose Loose 417. Red Goose <laughs> Loose, L O O S E 417. And on Twitter, I am J Snoopy D. That's J S N O O P Y D. <laughs> and You'll see because there will be a dog in the uh, in the picture. So that's how I can be get in touch with me. Uh, I have my uh, I think I have Snapchat. Yeah, I do have Snapchat. I don't know where I am on Snapchat. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I, I'm I'm there as well. But um, my email is. P-L-A-C-I-D-E-M-P at yahoo.com. So if anyone wants to email me or uh, get in touch with me, um, you know, great. This is this is good. You know, I wrote a book. So okay. Oh, well, (laughs) get that out of there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please please publicize that. You wrote a book. (laughs) I wrote a book about Obama. Uh, I don't have a copy of it with me, but ever I did. And wrote it with a, a co-author with a, another colleague of mine, right. and uh, I really loved it because it, that's almost a dream come true to me. It right. is. It's a dream come true, and I just it, I had to do it. So, right. and I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed writing that. And so, uh, I'll leave you all with a, a quick uh, anecdote about Doctor Placide. <laughs> and so, uh, as as I mentioned before, uh, to some of you who may be watching this or who may be listening. Dr. Placide was the chairwoman of my master's uh, thesis. But I think what's what's really good about Docky is that she is very modest. Um, there are not many full professors uh, in political science departments with uh, doctors in public administration. And she happens to be one of the few across the country. So, you know, I, we're, we're, we're talking and speaking with royalty now. We're speaking <laughs> with someone who has done this, who has a breadth of life experiences, but is not only able to connect with students from, you know, urban inner city backgrounds, but she's able to connect with folks uh, from rural backgrounds, even if she's telling them to, you know, unpack the lip. All right. So that has been this episode of The Current Affair. But before I leave, I want you all to know, so what I'm going to start doing is highlight, uh, you know, some of my students and some of my, my, my friends and their businesses in my show. I figure if I'm able to get uh, a good following that I can highlight them. So this is AMW, uh, fitness. I don't know if you all can kind of see it. And this is from one of my students. And so he has his own fitness clothing line. And, uh, I I bought this support. His name is Aaron, uh, Aaron Williams. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, a decent shirt that you can work out in and something that, you know, doesn't cost too much. AMW, uh, fitness is the way to go. I'll be doing this every week for every episode, uh, but I wanted to make sure that I got that out there while I had the opportunity 
Again, this episode will air live on Saturday. Uh, so please be, look out for it on SoundCloud. Look out for it on uh, iTunes. It will be live. Uh, excuse me, I, Apple Podcasts uh, will be live. So take your time. Enjoy the rest of uh, rest of your, your, your week. And so when you hear this, it will be on Saturday. And so enjoy the rest of your weekend. And always, always remember to stay current. Thank y'all. Have a blessed day. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. You have just listened to the Current Affair Podcast with Dr. D'Angelo Taylor. Episodes will be posted every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash the current affair. Also on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, stay current.